Oh no, I just broke my racket strings for the second time this week. That's a shame. What strings are you going to get for your new set? The polyester ones don't seem to be working for me, so I might try for something new. You know what they say. What do they say, Josefina? It takes guts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Josefina and Shravia. Shravia and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Josefina and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics, united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the young female voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for more. Alright, today is November 5th and we're back with another episode, our Rolex Paris Masters quarterfinals preview. So getting right into the episode, we're going to start with some news headlines from this week. So today, actually, we had a lot of coaching splits happen, which is kind of sad as the season ends. Karolina Pliskova, David Goffin, and Felix Auger-Eliassime all split with their coaches today or in the past couple of days um, when they released their statements. So former world number one Karolina Pliskova split with her coach Danny Valverdu. She said it was a mutual agreement and wishes him all the best. And she also said that she's going to start her preparation for the 2021 season next week. So she's kind of um, altering her coaching team a little bit as she goes into that preparation season. And a little on the heavier side, Goffin split with his coach Thomas Johansson. Johansson said that Goffin does not seem to be enjoying his time on the court recently. And he said that this might be because Goffin is still suffering from some post-COVID complications because he did have it. He's been breathing heavy and Goffin said he's very happy that his 2020 season is over. So hopefully he stays healthy and is recharged and ready for 2021 next season. And then on the Canadian side, Felix Auger-Aliassime split with his longtime coach, Guillaume Marx, and um, they've had a pretty long coaching relationship. Marx actually is the one who helped him make his huge breakthrough in the past few years, getting to the finals of Rio when he was 18, um, not the Olympics, <laughs> the tournament. Um, but Auger-Aliassime expressed his gratitude in his statement and said that he'll continue working with the rest of his team as they go into next year. And next up, we have some more updates on the Zverev story. Well, it's not really Zverev's story, but what's been going on with him, because today, actually, Ben Rothenberg um, released an article called Aliyah's Story in Racket Magazine. So don't read it if you're not ready to. There's a trigger warning for domestic violence. But we're not going to go too much into depth because we don't feel that we're the most appropriate people to do so as young as we are <laughs> but we still want to honor and respect Aliyah's story and her courage it's truly inspiring to see her bravery and we can only imagine the pain she must have gone through and is still going through so the fact that she's recovering and reaching out at the same time that's something that we can never imagine we just think the ATP needs to do something and holds Zverev accountable because it's pretty surprising that he's out there playing in Paris as if nothing is going on completely brushing this to the side and trying to push Aliyah's story to the side but it should not be diminished because like I said before it's really 
inspiring what she's doing and how she did it. Yeah, I, if you were ready to, I would recommend that you read that article because uh, Rothenberg went to New Jersey to interview her for like over two hours, and it's you know she put a lot of her energy and overcame a lot of her pain to kind of um, provide that story. There are parts of her story that she still doesn't feel safe enough to talk about, but. Um, it's really inspiring what she's done, and we hope to see um, continued support for her courage. And we also hope to see that there are actions taken against Sparrow for what he's done. We're gonna get right into the tennis talk, talking about tennis, tennis talking. <laughs> and we're gonna start off with how some of our predictions from the last episode are doing. Starting off with the top seed predictions, I said that Nadal, Zverev, and Rublev would be going strong, and they still are, except for Rublev, but we're going to ignore that. <laughs> um, Nadal hit 1,000 match wins by beating his fellow Spaniard Feliciano Lopez in a tough three-setter, 4-6-6-7-6-6-4, and he also beat Jordan Thompson to reach the quarterfinals today. So, I mean... He's still going strong. strong. <laughs> He's still going strong. And we look forward to him hitting 2,000 match wins next year. <laughs> okay, next up we have Rublev, who lost in a tough three-setter to Warenka, who is performing really well here. And this gives Rublev time to rest up for London, which is good. I mean, he's been winning enough this year i think he's good just to go. enough like just not enough. too much not too little he's not leading the year's titles number or match wins by any chance no he's not and <laughs> zverev won in three sets versus manorino seven six six seven six four it's quite disgraceful to see some tennis commentators phrasing his victories in paris as a testament to his mental strength in the midst of the alia Sher- sharapova allegations but you can see that Zverev just flat out does not care and is acting like business as usual, which is not okay. Yeah, but that's just disgusting. But we're going to move on to the bottom half of the draw where I made the predictions. I said that Stefano Tsitsipas might do great, might not do too great. I also said that Medvedev won't do well. And I said that Diego Schwartzman has a big chance to make a great run here. So... Starting with the Greek player, Stefano Tsitsipas, he did in fact fall to Ugo Umbert in an... This was an amazing match. The score was 7-6-6-7-7-6, and I'm not kidding. Um, actually, Stefanos himself said that it was an amazing match. He did say his injury, which we discussed in our previous episode as well, did come back a bit, but that it's not an excuse. And he's looking forward to playing Umbert again, and so are we, because that was quite the battle. I mean... Just imagine if there was a crowd there, especially since that was kind of Umbert's home court. So that would have been a pretty awesome match to see in person in normal times. But um, the French moves on. Tsitsipas gets to rest up before London. Hopefully his injury gets healed. Medvedev, on the other hand, I was wrong about him. So we've kind of seen his season this year is not as amazing as we might have uh, compared it to be compared to... um, last year but 
he really picked up his level in Paris so far. He's gotten through some tough opponents like Demonor, got a walkover versus Anderson in his first match though. And if Medvedev wins his quarterfinal match tomorrow, he will overtake Roger Federer for the number four ranking spot. And his opponent, Diego Schwartzman, is doing great as we expected. A win against Medvedev in the quarterfinals would officially guarantee him a spot in London. And Diego's had a great run. Um, we saw this in the Cologne 2 tournament as well. So in Paris, he defeated Gasquet in his first match. He had never beat, gotten a set off of Gasquet beforehand. And he um, beat Davidovich Fokina in the second round. So that's kind of in a nutshell how our predictions for the top seeds fared in um in Paris since our um Roland uh not Roland Garros <laughs> Rolex Masters preview episode so much Paris right Josefina too much Paris <laughs> so now we're going to go into how our breakthrough predictions went well <laughs> my breakthrough predictions were John Lenderstruff and John Millman so <laughs> do you see their names in the draw left anymore Josefina Okay, it hurts enough already. You don't have to rub it in. <laughs> Struff lost in the second round to Pablo Carreño Busta, and Milman lost to Kejmanovic in the first round. Yay! <laughs> My bad. Yeah, I mean, maybe Milman was, like, he had a pretty good run in Kazakhstan. He has a lot to be happy about, so, you know. Yeah, we can write it off for him. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. Uh, My predictions were Humber and Giron, and I'm not to flex or anything. I'm pretty proud about (laughs) my predictions. (laughs) Um, Giron actually made a pretty decent breakthrough. He came through qualifying, as we said. He took up Berrettini in the first round, 7-6-6-7-7-5, as we predicted he might. But he eventually lost a round in the second round. But it's still great to see him all the way in the second round of a Masters 1000. And then I guess I got it kind of easy having Ugo Umbert in my half of the draw because that's a pretty, <laughs> pretty <laughs> obvious Playing it breakthrough. Playing safe, pick. I see. <laughs> um, a pretty obvious breakthrough pick. But, I mean, he's continuing to do great. Although... All three of his matches so far have been really tough three-setters versus Rude. It was three sets, Tsitsipas three sets, and Chilich it was three sets. Um, so a lot of tennis for him. Let's see if he can keep it up. But on a side note, it was nice to see Chilich playing at a higher level this week despite, you know, not making it past the third round, and especially since he hasn't had a great season this year, so that was nice to see. But um, I would say overall our predictions were... I thought they were pretty good. Mm, more on your end. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, our top seeds were good on your side. Yeah, but I mean, those are just the numbers. <laughs> it didn't take a lot to pick them. <laughs> All right, let's go into, instead of looking in the past, let's look to the future in terms of what is left for our quarterfinals. So in the top half, we have our first quarterfinal, which is Rafael Nadal, the number one seed, versus Pablo Carreño Busta. As we know, PCB loves the hard courts, but Nadal is looking, I don't know, he's looking pretty good. I mean, he's hes playing fine. Nothing special. It's not like he just, you know, won a Grand Slam or anything. Um, it's normal think, stuff for him. <laughs> I don't think you can count PCB out of this match, 
But Nadal's past two wins versus Lopez and Thompson were pretty impressive, just even looking at the scoreline and the players' names. So I think it'll be a good confidence boost for him. So I think that Nadal has a pretty good chance of making the semis here. The next match is Alexander Zverev, the fourth seed, versus Stan Warinka, Stan the Man, the 12th seed. Zverev leads their head-to-head 3-0. All their matches have been on hard court, except including one indoor match but Warinka be probably the most informed in shape player of the last couple of weeks Rublev in round 16 round of 16 <laughs> <laughs> so his game is looking really good here Zverev obviously also was able to come through a long three-setter just now but it would be nice to see Warinka to continue this resurgence given his comeback from injury these past few months and I know he did say on social media that he thinks he's having like his last spurt before his retirement so it's great to see him actually using it up no i totally agree with that and on the other hand his swiss compatriot roger federer was asked if he's retiring anytime soon and federer gave gave a very confident nope so it'll be interesting to see how they both continue the next couple of years I can't wait for him to come back. I miss better. (laughs) Anyway, going to the bottom half of the draw, now we have Diego Schwartzman versus Daniel Medvedev, the number six and the number three seed, respectively. So I'm honestly, me personally, am most excited for this one. I think they have a little bit of a rivalry. They had some sort of incident at the Hopman Cup. But Schwartzman's on fire, and Medvedev seems to be making a mini resurgence. And he did say, actually, recently in an interview that he's determined to end his season on a good note. So, as we said, if Diego wins, he's immediately into London. If Med wins, he becomes the world number four. So it'll be There's really exciting. There's a lot exciting. riding on this match. Yeah, this will be a very exciting match. Um, and honestly, again, if there was a crowd, they'd be going crazy. The next match in the bottom half is Milos Raonic, the 10th seed, versus Ugo Umbert. And actually, I'm surprised that Raonic is back on the scene. I mean, Me we too. haven't really... He kind of snuck in here. You know, people weren't really talking about him. We haven't seen him really in the later rounds since Cincinnati Open, right? Yeah, he did play well in the U.S. Open uh, Cincinnati New York swing. But I think he's changed his bandana and is now back playing <laughs> well in Paris. But he's still got the hair. He's still got the hair. Umbert is on fire recently though with the Antwerp Antwerp title and he's had huge wins in Paris (laughs) wait that was way funnier than it needed to be so we're interested to see how much more Ugo Hugo Umbert can take up next we have our aces and double faults section where we get some highs and lows of the tennis world week so with our our ace and double fault this episode is kind of it's very connected so for our ace so i woke up this morning to another one of stefano Tsitsipas's unique tweets if you follow stefano Tsitsipas on twitter (laughs) you know that his tweets can be very unique and hilarious so today he decided to tweet quote I like how some people claim to be vegan and everything, but keep playing with natural gut strings. And by the way, that's a type of tennis string, if you don't know. He said, quote, it's almost like 
I don't eat meat and burgers, but every match I play equals eight dead animals. All that for the sake of my feeling on court. So, <laughs> someone's feeling salty this morning, but I, well, I guess you learn something new every day on Twitter, because... And I just want to know what other tea there is hiding in Stefano Tsitsipas's tweet drafts. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff there that he, like, almost decides to press tweet on, but then doesn't. And I'm happy when he does, because they're pretty entertaining. <laughs> I feel like he'll just get in a mood and be like, you know what, this needs to be said right now. And then an hour later, he'll be out of that mood and say, oh my god, how did I get this out? I need to delete it now. Oh, he deletes his tweets very often. It's kind of funny. <laughs> you have but to I'm be just... on the ball when it comes to Stefano Tsitsipas' Twitter. I'm just glad that I am not a vegan and that I do not use natural gut strings because otherwise <laughs> I'd have Stefano Tsitsipas coming for me. <laughs> and the double fall is kind of a fun fact for you guys having to do with Tsitsipas' tweet. Matthew Willis actually said this, if, quote, if anyone's wondering, it takes about two to three cows to produce one set of natural gut strings for a racket. Both Federer and Djokovic use natural gut. So that's what Sisyphus meant by eight dead animals per match. <laughs> so, so, you know, tennis is a murderous sport. <laughs> this would have been useful for a Halloween episode. Wait, yeah, this would have been so good for a Halloween episode. You guys can think, if depending on whether you're animal rights activists or not, or however you stand, take this as you may. We just thought it was an interesting fact that we learned today. Very and, interesting. And we appreciate Stefano Tsitsipas' Twitter account. Thank you so much for joining us, and that is game, set, and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the Rolex Paris Masters, upcoming tournaments, and updates on all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore tennis pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released once the Paris Masters culminate, where we will recap the tournament and preview the WTA Linz tournament. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravia. That is, if you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't like it, please tell your friends my name is Robert and Shravia's name is Steve. See you next time.